0: hey y'all welcome to a 30s heart podcast where we discuss navigating
1: life in your 30s we are your host stephanie and Toddie, and we are so excited to be answering all of your questions all right guys let's start a conversation
0: hello everybody welcome to another episode of a 30s heart podcast we are going to be discussing enneagrams (laughs) it's
1: our enneagram episode that we promised you guys last time we're actually going to break it up into two episodes and for the first one we're going to go over more of the enneagram basics go over the different types and a little bit about each type and then that way if you haven't Taken the Enneagram test yet? You can go take it and then use some of these tools to really figure out your type. And then our next episode will be a more deep dive and probably a little more fun, just some fun characteristics about each type.
0: Yes, I'm
1: so excited. So
0: if you're interested in um, learning about Enneagrams, then just keep on listening.
1: Yes, and I'm no expert, but I am very fascinated by the Enneagram. The Enneagram's been on my radar oh gosh, I would say at least three years. And I really, the last, I would say year and a half, I've really just done a huge deep dive into learning about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I really know enough to be dangerous, but I am going to pull from the Enneagram Institute and have some professional resources to explain all the different types. Yes.
0: Okay. So I asked on my social media if anyone had any questions about the Enneagram episode because that's kind of what me and Stephanie like to base our podcast episodes off of is what you guys want to know. And I did get a question. That's a good intro question. Mm -hmm. So it's basically asking what is the Enneagram? Mm -hmm.
1: So the Enneagram is a personality test like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC profile. But what's different about the Enneagram is it's motivation-based. So you have nine types. You have a wing that goes along with your type, and your wing is gonna be a number on either the right or left of your main number. And then there's also, um, and we'll get into this part of it a little more in the next episode, but there's also triads, where in growth you might move to characteristics of another number away from your main number, or And and stress or an unhealth, you might move to characteristics of another number and take on the negative characteristics of that number. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, um, like someone who is a 2 may type as an 8 because a 2 will actually move to 8 in stress. Mm -hmm. And so that's where some of those mistypes come in. It really just depends on your environment when you're taking the test, your mood when you're taking the testing, when you're kind of going over these things, or if someone doesn't know you that well and they are saying, well, I believe this is what you would be. You could be in a place of high growth or high stress. And then that's a good way to get mistyped because you've actually moved into the characteristics of another number. Okay. So looking at your triad is important when figuring out your main number. And, but like I said, it is motivation based. So you can have, some people with the same number, but they have different personalities. They mm-hmm. just have the same motivations, which is what 's really great because with the myers briggs a lot of times you'll if you meet someone with the same Myers Briggs number, they are very similar people mm-hmm. especially if you look at some of the famous people who have those numbers and then with the Enneagram, they are similar. But you can see that it is motivation-based. You're like, okay, I can see where they would have this characteristic in common. Mm -hmm. But they are different people, if that makes sense. So I really like it. I feel like it's pretty accurate. Um, Some of the things that I have discovered in reading it, I feel so seen. The same. (laughs) it, It is really, I think it's really accurate. And for me, like I talked about in the last episode, it's just a good tool for... Any sort of relationship with your family, your friends, your significant other, if you know their type, then you can better engage with them, settle conflict with them, and learn how to serve them better. Because I know love languages are great, but the Enneagram, you can really tell what's going to make someone happy and what they could care less about.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But a lot of that we will get into in the next in our next episode this one we're really just going to for if you've never heard of the enneagram before until today we're going to go through it and give you a good base foundation and i know toddy's got some questions that came in that we're going to answer so the next one is are the test results accurate the test results are a good guide so if you take the test and it tells you you're a certain type it could be accurate but it may not be um And the reasoning is, it's really hard to take a test and think about your motivations. And with these tests, I know in school you would have to sit and think whenever you would take a test. And these, it's best to take them, I find, as fast as you can. Because then you're not stopping to think and analyze it. Yeah. And you get your first instinct. But Typically, um, you can Google free Enneagram test. The one that comes up at the end, you will get a pie graph. And it'll tell you your high numbers, the numbers that you scored the highest percentages in. Your top, like, three or four, one of those is most likely going to be your main number. So that, it does give you a good indication of where to start looking. And you can deep dive into those numbers. Again, look at the triads, look at the wings, and see where you really fit in. Okay.
0: Um, And I did want to add that the numbers can change over time. So I took this test, I want to say it was in 2017. Mm -hmm. And I scored a two. I'm. I don't remember what my wing was, but if I had to guess, it was probably a two wing three yeah, at the probably. time. Um, and then you know I kind of. It's kind of interesting. Like I went through a lot of growth over the past year in 2020 and changes. I got a divorce. I you know, started deep diving into my job and other things. And now I took it last week, and I'm actually now a three wing two. Mm-hmm. So it does change, which is interesting. Because when I was taking the test, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a two. like Because I'm a nurse and you know, a lot of nurses score as mm-hmm. two. So I just assumed. So I was kind of surprised that I actually scored a three. But now over the past week, I'm like, it makes so much sense that
1: I'm a three at this point mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, it can change. And the more you move in growth and the more that you become self-aware you will be more evenly distributed among all the numbers. And you're always going to have some just because of your personality that you're you're going to, they're going to be higher. But yeah, it's completely normal to potentially change your number. It probably, um, and it may be like what happened with Tati where she went from a two wing three to a three wing two. And that's really very common, especially in seasons of growth. Mm -hmm. Um, you probably won't completely just change your personality. It would probably still (laughs) be one of those four high numbers because even when she retook it, she still had a very high two percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like that just completely went away. Um, So that test is a really good indicator of what you are probably going to be. And you will have some of those characteristics. And some of the numbers are... Similar, like, I know we say 3, 7, and 8 are all very strong personalities. So mm-hmm. you are going to have some of all those characteristics, even if that's not your main number or your wing. Yeah. You know, just because of the similarities there with those personality types.
0: The next question is, are there any bad numbers versus any good numbers? No,
1: again, <laughs> I've had that question asked to me so many times. Um, no there are no bad numbers for me personally i always like for people to take it and especially in like romantic relationships because i know my number so well i know which numbers i will probably be more compatible with than other numbers and that's not to say if someone tested as a certain number that we couldn't make it work but that's never actually really happened because i think subconsciously i just know the type of people i'm compatible with and And there's just certain numbers that I know, and vice versa, like with my personality, would probably be a lot for them. And that would probably get on their nerves, to be honest, with some of the numbers. Um, So I do think it's just a good guide to know, going forward, just how you can communicate with people and compatibility. Yeah. But no, there's no bad numbers. So I'm a three-wing two, and Stephanie, you are? I am a... I go back and forth a little bit um, and this is why we deep dive into this because I tested the highest at a three and I have a lot of three qualities, but I still think at my core, there's a good chance I'm a seven wing eight. Mm
2: -hmm. Those
1: were my three highest numbers, Um, but I'm still, I'm really deep diving into this and um, I was talking to one of my friends about it yesterday And I believe I'm actually going to. um, One thing that you can do if you are unsure, and especially someone like me who, for me taking a test, and I have taken one, I guess fairly, I guess about a year ago. That's just not going to work for me, just because I know so much about the types. Mm -hmm. Um, She's gonna. She has a book, and she's gonna go through the different motivations to really help me figure out, not tell me what number that they are. Um, to see which ones resonate with me because I do resonate so much with all three of them. But right now I'm going to mm-hmm. say I'm a seven wing eight because um, I do, especially the fears. Those core fears are also my core fears.
0: Yeah. Do we want to go through each one briefly today? Yes,
1: I've got okay. it all pulled up. I was going to go through each one briefly just to give everyone an overview of what it is. Perfect. So we'll go in order. First, we have type one, which is the reformer. And so this person is rational, idealistic, they're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. See, I don't feel like I am, like, if there's a
0: number that's, like, furthest away from me, it would be, like, a one.
1: One's, like, rules and one's, like, processes and procedures and lists and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can talk a little bit about mistypes tomorrow because ones and threes, it's really easy to mistype. Mm -hmm. because they both like getting things done. They just go about it completely different.
0: Yes. Like, I am not a perfectionist by any means. Like, not that I take shortcuts, but I'm not really... Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm just going to get my work done, however that gets done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be by the book, this way. And I don't know. I just feel like, yes. And the reason I'm talking about this is because there's been some chat between me and Stephanie with this other person in our circle. And this person, you know, they, they took the test, they scored as a three, but they very much have way more one tendencies. Um, and so, you know, just comparing this person and me, it's like, we're so different in that
1: way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then that, and I told uh, Toddy this yesterday that for me, the difference between a one and a three is ones are just so structured and regimented and threes are not as much. So if you if you are someone and you're trying to tell if you're between a one or a three and you get up at 4 a.m. and you work out and you have your quiet time and you have still cutouts for breakfast and you just have your whole routine laid out and you get to work by 6.30 and all that, you're a one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You are a one.
0: Yeah, because threes, I feel like...
1: They're like, I'll
0: get up when I get up and I'll finish my work when I yes. finish, right? If you
1: tell a three, you have to be at work by 6.30, they may get up at, depending on what they did the night before and depending on what they want to do. They may get yeah. up at five or they may get up at six and yeah. they're gonna be rolling in there with their coffee and a tumbler and some Greek yogurt. Yeah, that is so and Putting so their accurate. mascara on in the car. So that's kind of the difference is they, they both want to get there. Like they don't, both don't want to be late for work and they don't, both don't want to look bad. But the one is so structured and regimented. They got up and they did their full routine. And three is like, well, I went to dinner with girlfriends last night. I'm not getting up till six. I'll put my makeup on in the car and take my coffee to go.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Love that. Because now with wearing a mask, like I've gone in with no makeup before. Because I'm like, they can't even see my face. It's fine.
0: Yeah, that is, that's so true though. Because like, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Like if I... If I, you know, some days, the other day, I woke up like an hour and a half before work and I had my coffee and mm-hmm. cooked breakfast. I did all this, this stuff. And then today I was struggling before mm-hmm. work. And so it's, but I was, I was like, I'm going to
1: sleep in because I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so that's, for me, that's like kind of the difference between a one and a three. So if you are on the fence, which one of those people, which morning person you are. Yeah. That, that tells the difference. Um, and then two is the helper. So they're carrying caring, interpersonal type. They're demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing. And it, se- it says on here possessive. I don't think that's very fair to say a two is possessive. A two very much values relationships and wants to serve others. The one thing about a two is they like validation for their good works. Mm-hmm. So if you know a two that has done something for you in your life, thank them.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is also accurate for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I scored ninety eight percent three, ninety percent two, and, like I mentioned, I used to be a two, but that's wow. very accurate. like mm-hmm. I work hard and I want people to to realize that I work hard for them, mm-hmm. like not that i 'm like I want to be put on like a pedestal or mm-hmm. anything, but i 'm like, I
1: just want you to know that like yeah. I did this they want you to know mm-hmm. and then three is the achiever, and so I think that's why a lot of ones think they are. Threes, because it is called the achiever. And if you're a one and you are doing all these things, clearly you want to achieve something or you would have the strict schedule that you're on. Yeah, and who doesn't want to be an achiever? Yeah, every- probably a seven would be the least likely one to care about being an achiever on the Enneagram. Um, Right. But <laughs> the achiever is success-oriented, pragmatic, they're adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. So a three cares about looking good, not about the perfection that a one does mm-hmm. and so a three loves to get ahead at work a three wants to be the boss um yes <laughs> that and that is a three but they are adaptable and and so typically i feel like with managers most managers will be some may be an eight but will probably be either a one or a three depending on how process oriented Mm -hmm. they are because I've had managers and I could tell they were ones and it was just very like, we have to do things this way. There is no deviating from it. And then I'm over here like, that doesn't even make sense. Yes. I work with a one and it is very much a one Mm -hmm. situation. And then threes are more just like, this is what we need to do. And then that's it. They're not going to, they don't micromanage. Yeah. Um, but then threes are, I would say a little more self-serving than a one Mm -hmm. um, because it is more so about them and what they can do to get ahead and look good. So um, I don't want to say just all good things about a three. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I feel like a lot of people want to be a three. Yeah, Yeah. But, you know, like I said, and like Stephanie told me yesterday, no one's going to put, I don't want to succeed in life. So, you know, and this person that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the test And we looked at the bullet points for threes. Not all of them were about achievements and success. There Mm -hmm. were other qualities. And this person was like, well, those don't have anything to do with, you know, achieving. And I said, well, that's because it's not all about achieving to a three. So... You know, you can't just look at them and be like, I want to be, uh, you know, achieving. And then you're automatically a three. I think everybody wants to do well in life. Yeah, because that person is a
1: one and they needed that structure. <laughs> yes.
0: Cuz <Yeah. laughs> they needed it down there.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't there. Yeah. And then um, you have four, which is the individualist. And so they are sensitive, the sensitive withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. So a four is going to be, they're typically more introverted um, people, usually a little more creative or work in some sort of arts field, mm-hmm. and they're very in touch with their emotions and other people's emotions. They're very empathetic.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Liza is a four. Yeah. Which is interesting. That is interesting, which I could see that because she does work. She's an esthetician, which would be, I would consider like an art, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah, field. I would say those those qualities describe her. Yeah, I wonder what her wing is. Probably a three. I would say three
1: because
0: I don't see her as a five. No, I would guess it's three, but
1: she is quieter, and especially um, in like larger groups and things like that. Yeah, like
0: out of the two of us, I'm definitely the yeah. loud mouth.
1: <laughs> so I, I could see I could see that as a four for sure. Yeah, and then five is the investigator. The intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Mm. Um, that does <laughs> not sound good at all. Um, <laughs> <it doesn't. laughs> so, a five is again going to be someone else who is a little more, most likely, introverted and really values knowledge and research. So, I need to turn that off. So, a lot of your engineering types going to probably have some five in them just because they really value that research and knowledge.
0: My ex-husband was a five and he was very analytical. Mm-hmm. He was a data analyst and he didn't like, like he was excited when he got his job after his master's degree to not speak with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that was like a five was him to a T.
1: Yes. It is going to be someone who does more like to keep to themselves and, but they thrive on research and knowledge and learning that. Yeah, that was him. And so I don't, it's, so it's not as bad as it sounds here. Yeah. Um, And then six is the loyalist, the committed security oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. So what suspicious means they're not, they have suspicious behavior. They are suspicious of others. Mm-hmm. So, a six is a little hesitant to like trust. Like curious. It. Yes. Okay. A six is hesitant to trust at first, but once you get in their inner circle, they are extremely loyal.
0: A six reminds me so, the way that Stephanie is with Enneagrams, I am very much the same with zodiac mm-hmm. signs. Although, even though I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus and I don't like worship anything, I do find the zodiac signs to be interesting as far as personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't read my horse or anything. I don't believe in anything like that. However, the six to me reminds me of a Taurus if there was a Zodiac sign. Okay. Just because Taurus people are very homey. They, they're they very loyal as well. Mm-hmm. They're
1: earth signs. They're very
0: grounded. Mm-hmm. And that's what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm.
1: And some of these, it will depend on where your wing comes in. Because you could have someone who's a six wing five, and they're going to be completely different from a six wing seven.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Uh- <laughs>
1: But sixes, um, they are those people who, ha- who, worst case scenario, my mom is a six. I have a good friend who is a six, um, and they, they are a little anxious, but I mistyped as a six for a long time just because I would get anxious about things. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't because I needed the security of it like a six does. It was because I was afraid of, like, looking bad, which is more three-driven. So Yeah. But a three will move to six.
0: In, in stress. I believe right? it is. I yeah. believe it is in stress. Yeah. And then a nine in growth, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So what does that mean for me, moving into a six? Okay. In, during stress.
1: So moving into a six, you probably would become more anxious.
0: Which I already struggle mm-hmm.
1: with, like, extremely. And think <laughs> of, like, worst case scenarios. So, like, if you were stressed, like, at work, something stressed you, you might move to six and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, they may be mad at me. I may have done something wrong. You know, I hope you know I yes. didn't mess up on anything like this. And oh, that, that yeah, kind of makes me. you move into more of a six territory. That's absolutely me. <laughs> when you're thinking worst case scenario and literally no one has said anything.
0: Yes. Yeah, like, I assume someone is mad at me, and, yeah, that happens to me at work a lot. Like, if something goes wrong,
1: I'm like, well, everyone thinks it's my fault, mm-hmm. so... And that you can easily, like, move into six from the three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but just because you are someone, not necessarily you, but just you in general, someone who suffers from anxiety, doesn't mean you are a six or even you're a three who would move to six. Some mm-hmm. people just have anxiety and it has nothing to do with being right? and. Yeah. Um, the sixes are like worst case scenario. Like someone who probably who is a six probably has a storm plan, probably has, you know, a tornado kit. Like I mean, probably, you know, some stuff put up in case the power goes out. They're those people out buying the milk and bread.
0: Yeah. And buying all the toilet paper during COVID yes. quarantine.
1: Those people who had carts full of toilet paper were probably sixes.
0: Yeah. Probably. Meanwhile, I was like, "Mm, I'll just buy it when I need
1: it. Same. I was just like, whatever. (laughs) My mom and sister were over there hoarding it up. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, whatever. It's just me here.
0: Yeah. Same. (laughs) It's fine.
1: Seven is the enthusiast. Busy, fun-loving type. Spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. That does not sound like great either.
0: That is such a Sagittarius. (laughs) I feel like Sagittarius and Seven are very similar. So
1: sevens suffer from fear of missing out very badly. And I really relate with that. Yeah. Um, and so they, they will they will jam-pack their schedule. Sevens love to have fun. Sevens love to be on the go. But sevens also don't like dealing with negative emotions. They avoid conflict, not because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings, because they don't want it to ruin their day. Mm-hmm. And sevens can be f- afraid of being controlled, can be afraid of commitment. Um, So there are some downsides. If you are an unhealthy seven, you are someone like in a relationship that might have the tendency to, okay, this isn't working out. I'll just leave. We're going to break up because I don't really know what else to do.
0: Yeah. Um, That is, yeah, I have high seven tendencies too. Which like makes sense. Those
1: things, like my seven is so strong there.
0: Yeah. And
1: and then the eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. So I think a misconception about an eight is that they just love conflict, which is not true. If, well, if you're unhealthy, you probably do, but they don't mind conflict. So... I say an eight's more like a vigilante type. If they see something that they feel needs to be spoken up about, an eight's going to do it. Uh-huh. Where some of these other numbers won't.
0: My brother is an eight, and I feel like that's him.
1: Like And a seven-wing eight, which is what I think I am, they will if they have to. It's not that they don't want to. If somebody else wants to do it, they will stand behind them, and they think that's great. They uh-huh. don't want it to blow up and be negative and... Then there's Mm -hmm. this whole big thing now. I think my brother was
0: an eight wing seven Mm -hmm. and he's also a Sagittarius. So that makes sense.
1: So, um, and healthy eight is, is confident. They are decisive, but they're not, I would say they are a leader, but not ballsy if they're in health.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and so that's really the important thing is to make some of these numbers that are not in health are going to come off as more like confrontational and bossy and
0: now when you say in health and healthy versus unhealthy is that just like how you are temporarily in this time or is that like you're always going to be a healthy or unhealthy number no and
1: you can grow in health it's kind of like your emotional state and that's why the Enneagram is so important to kind of learn where you are it's kind of like someone who might be in therapy for several years they're probably going to be more self-aware and grow Mm -hmm. Um, because self-awareness to me equals growth. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're new to the Enneagram, but you are a very self-aware person, then you probably are in health Mm -hmm. because you're aware of your behavior and how it affects others as well as others' behavior and how it affects you. Yeah. Interesting. And then finally, nine is the peacemaker, the easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And what I hate about nines is that everyone thinks they're like a doormat because it says the peacemaker.
0: Like a pushover type. Yes.
1: And they're not. We actually had this conversation and our small group had a brunch the other day and one of the girls was a nine. And of course, whenever you you don't know anything about it and that comes up and it's the peacemaker, you're like, oh, Um, (laughs) this is great. Yeah. And, And I was talking to her and I said, really, they just don't enjoy conflict. It's not that they get walked all over, but they're unlike the eight, they don't, they're not going to seek it out even if it's necessary.
2: Mm -hmm. But they
1: will if they have to. If they absolutely have to, they will. But they like for everyone to be in harmony and everybody just get along. My sister in law is a nine, and that's like her. So if a nine doesn't care, then they're not going to bring it up. And like if someone says, Do you want to get pizza or Mexican? And they really don't care, they're like, I may would rather have Mexican. But I don't really care enough to bring it up. That would be kind of a nine tendency. Whereas mm-hmm. an eight would be like, I really want Mexican. <laughs> That's something I would say. The same. <laughs> if I have a preference, you will know. Yeah. And, but one thing about a nine that I think is so great is that they, a nine, I feel like, has really, a healthy nine has really good boundaries. So to me, a healthy nine is someone who's, you know, on a Thursday night saying, okay, I've got a big day tomorrow. I'm not going to go to dinner. I'm going to get in bed at 830 and do my self-care and set those boundaries because I know what I have to do the next day, Mm -hmm. which is different from a one who just has a routine they follow every day. Mm -hmm. And nine says, this is what I need to do for me. And that's, I'm going to set these boundaries and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Whereas a seven's like, I'm going to go anyway. And then be tired all day tomorrow, but I don't want to not go. That, that's something I would do. <laughs> if I don't go, then everybody else is going to go and post it on Instagram, and then I won't be there, and yeah, I'm going to be sad all night. Yeah. And so I think a nine does have really good self-care boundaries, and they kind of listen to themselves and take what they need. So that's an overview of all
0: of the nine types. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? So. Any other? I didn't have any more questions for today's episode. Yeah. There
1: is no bad type. Yeah. And there are a few types that I don't know as much about, mainly four and five. Yeah.
0: I would say five. I was more familiar with five because of my ex husband, but four is the one that I'm like, what is a four? Mm-hmm. So maybe we should do a deeper dive. Well, in the next episode, we're going to go over mm-hmm. like. We
1: are going to do a deeper dive.
0: Way more things. Because I, I don't know. We've just been talking about this so much because this person in our circle was like, I felt like, and this is one thing to keep in mind, and I'm sure Stephanie will say this better than me, but when you're taking the test, um, she did say you have to kind of go through it fast. Because I think a lot of times people want to score a certain number, mm-hmm. you know, they want to seem like, oh, I am the fun type or, oh, I am the achieving type, but, you know, that's not really always accurate,
1: so. And every number has positives and negatives, so just because one says the enthusiast and the other one, you know, says the investigator or the peacemaker, and you're like, well, those don't sound as great as the enthusiast yeah, or the achiever. It's yeah. they all have good and bad things and I don't love these titles that they have given them because one thing I love about the Enneagram is it is motivation based and you do have these characteristics but it doesn't pigeonhole you like I think like the Myers-Briggs and some of the others do. Mm-hmm. So I don't love that they give these headings to it. Yeah. Very true. And I will say
0: like one thing about a 3. I mean the the negative and toxic qualities of a 3 I mean, I'm, like, like workaholism is, like, one of the main ones. And, like, that is so relatable to me. Like, I will literally, like, overwork myself and then be, like, bitter about it at the end of the day. And I'm, like, ugh. Like, I just, you know, I just want to throw my phone against the room. But then if I do, I have to go pick it up and look at my work emails. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, <laughs> there's not you know, there's good and bad, like Stephanie said, mm-hmm. in everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, a three... um it says here, can become vindictive. Um, They can be relentless. They can be obsessive about destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures. Um, So, I mean, Mm -hmm. a three can, if they aren't in help, you know, be kind of a nasty, you know, the mean girl at the office Mm -hmm. (laughs) who goes behind and talks to the boss behind your back. Um, So that person could be a three that's unhealthy.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And then for are you pulling up seven? Yeah, I'm going to pull up seven. The seven toxic traits. I'm interested in knowing that one because I see a lot of seven in me as well. Uh, that was my third highest. And all I know is that it's like the fun, you know, fun one. But I, there's got to be some bad qualities, of course. So
1: the seven, a seven can also be anxious, especially if six is their wing. Mm-hmm. Um so... They can, in, but they don't like dealing with pain or negativity. So they can actually become impulsive whenever their anxieties arise. And they, a seven is someone who is probably more likely to abuse drugs or alcohol to numb that pain, mm-hmm. um, especially if they are unhealthy. Like yeah. the seven would probably be the highest prone to addiction. Okay just because they don't want to have to deal with it. And they can be very impulsive. Like a seven's probably someone who would randomly, let like, go out and get a piercing or a tattoo. Yeah. A seven would probably be someone who would get married in Vegas. Like, yeah. so, I mean, there are, nothing, there's anything wrong with those things, but a seven mm. would probably do more impulsive behaviors. Yeah. A Interesting. A seven's not going to, like, not they're not a one. No, they're not gonna you know look for fifty houses if they find one they like. They're not gonna shop for you know go to ten wedding dress stores if they find one they like. They sevens do though. I feel like know what they like and know what they don't like. But they are if they're in un, if they're unhealthy, they are very impulsive. Gotcha. And that can be a very negative quality. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, we'll look at eight. We'll just look, we'll just look at
0: all these. We'll just look really quick and then... Yeah. So, eight negative qualities.
1: So, an eight does not like being controlled. So, they, but they can actually become ruthless. And if someone tries to control them, there's someone who will say, well, I'm going to be ruthless about it. And if you do this to me, I'm going to do this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're more likely to be like a criminal, yeah, and could potentially be violent. Um, it says here criminal and outlaw or renegade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like someone like Robin Hood would have probably been an eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell Stephanie
0: like I do not like being told what to do, like at all. I will listen to my authority, but if another person on my same same level tries to tell me what to do, I immediately shut down. And so, like, what is what quality is that? From? Same.
1: Um, <laughs> like, I I do not
0: do well with that at I all. I think that
1: would be probably a mix of three and eight mm-hmm. because eights don't like being controlled, but you you're fine with it if it's someone who does have that authority, which would be a three characteristic because i'm the same way
0: yeah like i don't i don't like being told what to do i don't don't like need somebody coming out of the woodwork telling me what to do no like i i absolutely despise that and i was like what what trade is that (laughs) that makes sense it sounds like an eight ish thing Mm -hmm. for sure
1: so a nine in unhealth let's see
0: i feel like an unhealthy nine would like retreat
1: Yes, I'm looking at it now.
0: Or just, like, have a mental breakdown.
1: Yeah, that's also on here. Prone to
0: having mental like breakdowns. They could, multiple
1: personalities would be possible. Like, dependent personality disorders, like schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Things like that. If a nine is... that's And that is the most unhealthy state a nine could be in.
0: See my my um sister-in-law she is a nine but she and this is going back to zodiac things again but her moon sign is she's a double cancer so she is extremely emotional and like when she's down like she is down mm-hmm. and she's a nine which i feel like is very cancer like they feel all their emotions yeah. very
1: deeply it's like someone at work like whenever they get in trouble instead of like trying harder they're like, Flash well, I just won't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be someone who'd move to unhealth the 9 Mm-hmm. And it says others may be frustrated and angry by their procrastination and unresponsiveness. <laughs> Lil, yeah. My
0: sister-in-law, she is very much a procrastinator. And so, She's probably listening to this being like, why are you talking so <laughs> bad about me?
1: And nine will minimize the problems if they're unhealthy. Because, again, nines do not like the conflict but a healthy nine will say hey this has bothered me Mm -hmm. and they'll go about it differently than someone like an eight will
0: yeah it's all about how you're approaching situations it sounds like with this test Mm -hmm.
1: let's go to but going back to the nine um just because i know the peacemaker does sound like a doormat to someone who's going to get walked all over but it also has on here famous nines Mm -hmm. and there's several so like um abraham lincoln dwight eisenhower gerald ford ronald reagan george w bush and john f kennedy jr all nines wow so you can still be president and be a nine yeah you don't have to be the achieving three yeah
0: who are some famous threes Since everybody thinks three is the only one that can succeed in life.
1: Um, Let's see. Bill Clinton, Prince William, Condoleezza Rice, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Muhammad Ali, John Edwards, Mitt Romney, Andy Warhol, Truman Capote, Oprah Winfrey. I thought Oprah was a three. Tony Robbins. Oh, that's a good one. Michael Jordan. O.J. Simpson. Mm. Don't he's, know that we want him. He's a murderer. <laughs> Tiger Woods. Elvis Presley. Okay. Yeah, there's several. Um, Reese Witherspoon, Anne Hathaway, Ryan Seacrest, Mad Men's Don Draper. So a lot of people. They all have a lot of people. Um, yeah. Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. and That does not surprise me that Taylor Swift is a three. No.
0: I feel like she's very much, especially with her recent, like, trying to get her albums back
1: and everything. You know she's a wing four, though, for sure.
0: Yes, she is a wing four.
1: So, we'll look up some famous fours, just to kind of give you guys an idea more of a four. Um, So, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, Edgar Allan Poe, Virginia Woolf, Anne Frank, Tennessee Williams, J.D. Salinger, let's see, Angelina Jolie, Kate Winslet, Johnny Depp. All creative people. Yes, all <laughs> more creative. So you do have some of these famous people Prince, Sarah McLaughlin, Stevie Nicks.
0: Ooh, that Stevie Nicks, that also doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm.
1: So it is people who are a little more like a Taylor Swift. They're going to write their own songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me also get some famous ones. Oh, Lord. Uh, Prince Charles, Kate Middleton.
0: That Jimmy. doesn't surprise me either. I feel like she's very much a rule follower. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, Jimmy Carter, Osama bin Laden. His, I wouldn't say is a rule. Well, I guess their rules. Yeah. Uh, his rules. Let's see. Jerry Seinfeld. Tina Fey. Meryl Streep, Harrison Ford, Helen Hunt, Mary Poppins. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Interesting. We've got some famous twos.
0: Twos, I feel like, would be like... Like, I would think that, like, Muhammad Ali... Or, like, yeah, like, I would think Muhammad Ali would be a two. Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, Let's see. Eleanor Roosevelt, Nancy Reagan... Richard Simmons, Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Dolly Parton, Priscilla Presley, Elizabeth Taylor. Hmm. Let's see. They actually don't have as many twos, which is kind of crazy. And are there any
0: that are like more rare than others?
1: Do you know? I don't, um, I think it really just depends. And that's something I can look up if there are any that are more.
0: Yeah. So maybe we can stop the episode here Mm -hmm. and then... On the next episode, we can just kind of deep dive into maybe like some compatibility between Enneagram numbers. Yes. I know that's something that I want to know because I just kind of started learning about Enneagrams. And I don't know, I just, I want to know who I'm compatible
1: with the most. Yeah. So we'll actually put a question box on our podcast page. And so put in there what two numbers you want to know the compatibility because we won't have time Ooh, to go good. over all of them. Good, good thinking. Um, but yeah, we can go through and go over the compatibility for certain numbers. Yes. And, uh, so, we'll, so next episode we'll do compatibility or misidentification. So if also you have taken the test and you're in between a couple numbers and you're not sure, we'll put, put that in the question box. So we'll have a box for compatibility slash misidentification. Tell us which ones you want, Mm -hmm. and we'll go over those on the next episode.
0: Yay. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, Thank you for listening, and we're excited to dive into episode two next week. Yes. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.